We flip the script today and I interview Matt about any and all things alloy programming and customer experience. We did have a little technical difficulty at the end. So if you're watching on YouTube, you might not catch the full video, but if you're listening on audio, should be no problem. Enjoy. Welcome to the Alloy Personal Training Business Podcast, where we'll share our insights on how to make more money, how to help more people, and how to be a better leader for your business and your community. We've been in this game since 1992, and we'll share our successes and failures along the way. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. Hello, Matt. Rick. How was your Christmas, buddy? It's fantastic. Christmas Actually, haven't we haven't talked kids. at all? So yeah, yeah. this is this is legit. Just walked right in and podcasted it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, that's the way we do it. So three little girls, man, must have been awesome. What they get? Oh, let's see. They got you know any kind of horse thing possible. Yeah, you know, horses. Horse. Built them a basketball hoop. Horse life. That was cool. Got them out there. Oh yeah, how'd you do that? Because you were going to yeah. hide it. Yeah, luckily I have a really good hiding space around the side of my house. Oh, you did? Yeah, I didn't get one of the mega hoops either. I like I wanted to, but I was like, you know what? And they're like nine and seven and they yeah. may never play we'll this. see if they like it right <laughs> right i was like gonna, for me personally i was like oh, i'd get the eight hundred dollar crazy hundred dollar i didn't do concrete that. So it, in the it was literally small enough i could just pick it up <laughs> that's perfect <laughs> yeah though. so i dragged it out and it was great man it was you know can't beat having christmas with little kids yeah that 100 percent. i'm jealous of that because you know at my age it's like you're the i'm still i'm the earliest one up now <laughs> kids come down they're like hey yeah. i only <laughs> only have an my son's underwater somewhere so we missed oh, the whole yeah, that's thing, right man. down on the sub was cruising the last time around we talked to him? Um, I think he left sometime in October, which means maybe, not. yeah, I think he'll be back in February. Maybe. I don't know. Like, we don't know. We don't know when he's leaving. He can't tell us it's top yeah. secret. So he can't tell us when he's leaving. Can't tell us when he's coming back. That's well. I mean, I, I can, I can tell him turning into my father every day. Like I started watching, uh, World War II in color on Netflix. I'm like really getting into it. I know. <laughs> I can't even watch a fun show anymore. I'm like, let's watch a documentary. Andrew's like, oh. I did watch dope sick though. What's that one? You haven't seen that? Uh, oh, dude, you've got to watch it. It's basically the, uh, it's a docu-series, is that what they call it, where it's like they have actors, but it's based on a true story. Oh, those are the best. Yeah, historically accurate. So Michael Keaton is in it, and a couple of other actors that I don't, I mean, you would recognize their faces, but I don't know their names. Mm -hmm. And basically, it was the story of who, the birth of the opioid crisis and the Sackler family, which owned Purdue Pharma. I tell you what, man, you watch it and then by the end you you see like how like the higher up the chain you get when say that the prosecutors are going after the Sackler family, you know, and they're out of Connecticut, going mm -hmm. after them regarding the opioid crisis and what they did to manipulate the data to make it look like it was non-addictive. It was ridiculous and it was like the highest levels of the FDA, so the guy who approved the label that said only one per, less than 1% of people get addicted was literally two years after he approved the label working at for Purdue Pharma for like 500K plus bonuses and stuff. So it's like the very guy that approved it's now working there. And so that's kind of the construct of the way things work. Even all the way up to the prosecutor meeting her hero, which at the time was Rudy Giuliani, and him saying, hey, it's really great to meet you. You're the one that's uh, working on the Sackler case, right? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, oh, cool. And he's like, well, listen, um, I'd love to meet with you sometime. And she's like, all right, well, let's, you know, I'd love like just say when I'll come into town for lunch or whatever. He's like, well, let's talk now. And then of course, immediately he launches into like, you know, it's probably not what you think it is. You might want to consider. And he's trying to talk her out of it. And you could just see it on her face. Like, oh no, like never meet your heroes. Him too. Jeez. But I'll tell you what. Conspiracy by the, theorists are going crazy. On that one. Well, there's no conspiracy theory. This is, well, this is factual, right? So when you watch <laughs> it and then you're at the end of it and then you're like, 
Oh, no. I mean, it just gives you that gut sinking feeling, especially what's going on now with Big Pharma and everything. I was just like, and we're we're supposed to believe there's zero fuckery going on right now. (laughs) And when they historically, you know, 20 years later, look back and, and basically they're killing people knowingly and claiming that that they're not. It's like, oh, my God. So I found it and it was the way they did it, though, honestly, just from an entertainment value as well. It was like a suspense thriller, you know, so check it out. It's on Hulu. It's called Dope Sick. Yeah, Michael Keaton's a baller. Yeah, dude, he was great in this. He was a small town Appalachian doctor who also got hooked on opioids. And they even did like the sales team. The guy that came out and called on him, you remember Kenny from Meet the Millers, the guy who got bit (laughs) by the spider? (laughs) He was like the sales guy. He was really good. And he was coming in and they were teaching the sales guys these scripts and the thing, you have to say these things. And they weren't, they were, the salespeople maybe knew that it was BS, but they were just kind of like, you know, they wanted to believe that it wasn't because they were making so much money. Sure. So anyway, it's just the interesting, like the human element on the dirty underbelly of like the financial side and dude, just crazy. And the Sacklers got off with like, you know, they bankrupted uh, Purdue Pharma eventually, but the Sacklers got off with, I think it was 15 billion or something. So they didn't, they didn't go to jail, no jail time, no nothing. It got off with 15 billion. What do you mean? Like, no, they, they got off they at the end of it. They walked away with $15 billion in zero liabilities criminally. Oh, it's nice for them. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Funny how that works. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Anyway. What are we doing today? We're gonna. I'm going to ask you questions today. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. So yeah. today's podcast, you guys, we're going to flip the script. Matt's going to do the bulk of talking. We'll see. We'll see how this works out. He's a little hungover from his holiday. Did you see like your your lines to mine? I don't think anybody can hear me. On this That's thing. volume, baby. That's because I push it out. <laughs> oh. Diaphragm. Yeah. <laughs> you talk like a field mouse. I, I give it up like a boss. So you got yeah. Speak. What day? Sound is off it? like you got a pair, Matt. What Come day on. is it? There you go. <laughs> so yeah, today you guys, I'm going to ask Matt questions, and I'd like to ask you questions about programming because these are common questions that I get from candidates or just people in the industry. Like, hey, what do you use for this, or what are your ideas on this or that? So I figured, you know, why not go to the source, the guy that builds programs for thousands of gyms worldwide? Sure, let's do it. Okay. So let's start with the most important question. Hmm. Is the word butt cheeks one word or should they be separated? <laughs> what? <laughs> Isn't it supposed to be separated? <laughs> I don't know. You're supposed to separate butt cheeks or not? <laughs> Can you believe they're still together? Is this what, really what we're doing? Can you believe they're still together after all the crap they've been through? <laughs> and you're supposed to say, who? And I go, your butt cheeks. You've been sitting home writing oh, dad yeah. jokes? It's been awesome. <laughs> uh, 2021, every podcast will begin with a, with a simple dad joke. How about that? Oh, my God. <laughs> That'll be perfect. <laughs> and if you know it, you can't answer it. That ruins it for the... For the listening audience. I'm just going to walk out. Question number one. It's still the holidays, you guys, so excuse some of the <laughs> ridiculousness, but we're going to get to this thing right now. So, all right. Matt, and I didn't prep him at all, so if it goes off the rails, I'm always here to save Matt with excessive talking, so just keep that in mind. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't fret. Matt, what's the number one goal for our customer avatar, would you say, based on your experience, not only as head of programming but before that you sat in the seat of the director which is the person that talks to everyone about their goals so what's the number one goal you think number one goal of like the, the clients coming in to see us correct oh it's easy it's weight loss is it really weight loss i mean that's what they tell us right well what do you think like long term because you get to see them not only at the start but like where like down the road what what do you think ultimately? All right, well, here here's the deal. Everybody comes in with a goal of weight loss. Well, not everybody, but the majority, right? We're working with you know general population folks. They want goal of weight loss. 
when they get here, we do a really good job of peeling the onion and learning about them, educating them. By the time we're done with our, just our initial starting point session, probably reframe their thinking to like, hey, I just need to do this to move better, feel better, and enjoy my life. So it came in as a goal of weight loss, which is still there. It's not like we're not helping them. We reframe the expectations so that they uh, enjoy their journey a little bit more than just coming in like, oh, I got to work out to lose weight kind of stuff. How so do you, yes and no. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, yes and no. How do you like describe that? I like that term peeling the onion. I've heard you use that before. We've used it a lot. So what does that mean to you? Like if you're peeling the onion with someone with a new client, let's well, say I they mean, come we, in and let me reframe the question. Sorry. I come in, you go like, Hey, what you doing here? I'm like, Hey, I just need to lose weight. And then you say it. Okay. And then your answer, okay. You peel the onion and you get down to the nitty gritty and sometimes it's something else. So how do you do that exactly? Well, this is honestly something we do with pretty much all our conversations, even before they walk in our door, right? It's peeling the onion just really means that we, we ask enough follow-up questions to really dig in and find really what they're here for, like why they come in the door. And that's why I say that yes and no on weight loss, right? Everybody comes in, their, their goal is weight loss. But when you start peeling that onion back, you kind of find out like how they got to that point. And it a lot of times could be injuries or family issues. And then from there, we can then try to find out a real you know, passionate goal. Like a lot of times what happens, people, maybe they gain weight because of an injury um, and they used to be a heavy runner or cyclists or something along those lines, then we can get back to like, oh, great. We're going to help you get back to cycling, um, which in turn will help you lose weight, but is a much more impactful goal. And how you do that is by peeling the onion, right? Asking right. those WH questions, why, when, who's, which, you know, kind of those right. things. How many, like how far do you go with that? Would you say like when you're asking those questions, do you just go till you feel like you run out or is there a way for you to know when you've reached that core of the, when onion? they just start crying, bawling in tears. <laughs> well, you know, we, I'm laughing about that, but that used to be an ongoing joke here because, you know, I think we were, you know, at one point when we first discovered like, Hey, don't take the, the initial goal for its for its surface value, like dig in a little bit, we would get people to that point. So. Yeah. I mean, you definitely, I mean, we've talked about our, our starting point session and how it's built. It's going to be different on every person, right? I mean, some people walk in and, and they, they're just not going to be real talkative out of the gate. So there's a little bit of reading the situation and reading who's in front of you. If you got some dude that's like, you know, me sitting in front of you, it's going to be real <laughs> short answers and you're just like, okay, great. And then just move on to get them moving, get them happy, get them talking later. So there's some skill based on what you're saying in like learning a little bit of body language and just sort Absolutely. of like communication skills yeah, are key. Learn how to talk to people, right? Right. Can, it, you know, takes it, time. <laughs> well, and really learn how to ask questions. You know, this is something that we try to teach based on what you had done here and learned is we try to teach to ask more questions. And there's an old adage in sales, which there's some gamesmanship around any sales, right? That the person that's talking is losing. And so if you're just talking about all the great things that your company does, it's really not about you. It's personal training, especially in this brand, you know, any brand, I would say, if you're selling someone a car or whatever that is. But I think just asking as many questions as you can until you get down to the core of why they're there is key. And I think it's the most caring way to do it. And then coincidentally gives you the best probability of, of closing the sale or getting that person some help. Yeah. I mean, you know, for sales, it's hundred percent. We try to do this all the time though. I mean, it's one of our, you know, things we hang our hat on is a true interest in other people, right? So if you actually been like are that person, you I'm gonna ask those questions because you actually care and want to learn about them. And that that goes their whole time in the club, right? You're constantly like, hey Rick, what you do this weekend, man? You know, just 
let's, you know, finding out about them. Right. And that's how you build those long-term relationships. Well, and I've heard you describe that to me is like, listen, you need to, like we talk about coaches having a passion. The passion shouldn't be necessarily for a certain way to do things. It should be for helping people. I've heard you say that in right. 50 different ways, right? Like that's where your passion should be. And then whatever vehicle can get them there is, is, mm-hmm. is important. But the vehicle's not the passion, right? It's like the trainer that loves kettlebells and opens a kettlebell gym so they can spread their passion on kettlebells. And when you zoom out a little bit and you've been doing it as long as you have, you know, you've come to realize and then, you know, communicated back to me that the real passion should be for helping the people right in front of you by any means necessary. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, as Alloy, we provide a great vehicle to do that. But the passion has to be that. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. I shouldn't ask you that. You've told it to me, said it to me 500 times. <laughs> Do you agree? Do you agree with what you said, you Matt? Are, are you going back on that? Well, I mean, I learned that, you know, years and years and years ago. I mean, the first day I walked in the door and just you see the culture of this place, you know, and how it still is. It's just, it's literally a bunch of people just hanging out and having a good time. And yes, there's a workout going on, but that's not, that's not why people show up, right? It's, it's those relationships. We've heard it. I mean, we heard it the other day from another big name in the industry, uh, Mike Boyle, right? Yep. Literally talking about the same thing. It's like, it's not getting hot and sweaty and stuff. It's coming in, having a relationship, seeing your friends. That's why people come in the door. And there's some accountability. Absolutely. Right? Accountability. Mean, you, like, you know, you need to do it. And I think he even addressed what you're saying because you sent me the video where like weight loss is the goal, but it's not the only goal. Like, they're what. Weight loss might get them there, right? And so that maybe speaks to like, okay, in your advertising, you're probably going to put something in there that touches their highest level goal because you can't peel the onion in an ad. But when they come in, mm-hmm. like that's when you peel the onion and get down to the nitty gritty. And a lot of that's going to have to do with the, the connection and the bond that they have, not only with you and the facility, but the other clients. And there's ways that that we can get into in this conversation that you build the programs that aren't just X's and O's about workouts, but they're there to... I guess, create those bonds, right? And to keep them there. And it creates opportunities just based on the flow and how things are set up. I mean, we, we set it up to be efficient where you can run the workout or really think of it as background noise to what's going on. Yes, there's a system. It's easy to follow. Everybody can do it. And then it gives you the opportunity to have relationships, hang out with people, learn, have fun, right? It's awesome to be a trainer. Well, it goes back to the question I get often from franchise candidates or people in the industry, which is how long are your sessions? And I look back at the times when we used to sell people time, but that was in a one-on-one setting. So you can almost handle that there. Not a great business model. But when we moved into this group setting where we're doing, you know, six people with one coach still making it personal training, you need margin in that hour, right? So we set aside an hour, but how long does the workout take? It's individual for the person. So we'll say 40 to 50 minutes, you know, something like that, yeah. sometimes longer. I don't know. Are you tired? Do you feel good that day? Like, are you a beginner? Are you advanced? Are you in a hurry to get out of there that day? All those things factor in just like they should to make it very personal. But the construct of the session gives you, like you said, the margin mm-hmm. and the ability to do what the most important thing is, which is to build those relationships, right? Yeah. So they come in for weight loss, but then we peel the onion, get down to something else. Yeah, absolutely. Peel the onion, find them a more really what they passionate about and want to achieve. And guess what? If you're working out and eating right and eating for a more of a, say a purpose for you, like performance based, just say, for example, if I want to, you know, if I know I got to eat better to get stronger, build muscle, also help me with my rides outside of working out, weight loss is going to go with that right and it's, right. it's not it's like that. a byproduct of the right. bigger goal exactly yes. and that, that's that's our, that's well our and, and aesthetic goals as we know and we've been in this industry long enough to know like you know we're not training bikini competitors here 
we could, but we don't. Same thing with bodybuilders or whatever. But at the end of the day, that's a that's sort of this moving target always, right? It's like you never look good enough. Your body fat's never low enough. You're on this up and down, like off season, in season. You're fat, and then you're lean, and then you're fat, and then you're lean. And I'm using these terms through the lens of the individual sure. and speaking it back to us. So it's, so. A, it's a definite roller coaster, right? I mean, it's up and down. I mean, you posted a picture the other day of a, a member that's been here for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Like, are you going to keep somebody as the peak physical, you know, condition for 30 years? Absolutely not. <laughs> well, yeah, that was a shout out to Sharon Morris, who's been here 30 years. And we've got a, a pretty good stable of like, I call them long haulers here. Yeah. They got long alloy, kind of like long COVID, but different. But they've been here for uh, 30 plus years, you know, or some 25, some 20. But I mean, just a, why, why do they stay? Is it the workouts? It's not. That have changed. I mean, think about how many ups and downs you go through in your life, not only physically, but mentally, family structure. I mean, you have loss, you have joy, you have all these things that happen. And like we're this steady, you know, unwavering thing in their life that holds them accountable. And obviously, we've even had staff turnover. Sure. I mean, we keep people longer than most, but – I it mean, just happens. It's 30 years, dude. And how many times have you changed uh, the business model in 30 years? Right. You know, it's funny because <laughs> people hate change and we get a lot of complaints when we change things. Right. But I think, and I'm not, I'm not saying this is a pat on the back to us, but I think uh, I look at, at it through my lens. If I was a consumer, I think the change as painful as it can be for everyone when it's happening is part of the reason why we still have people here 30 years. Absolutely. I mean, cause you know, they adjust and, we always joke about it. I mean, my now business partner, Suzanne Robb, who obviously she's our COO. I think Matt knows who she is. But for anyone listening, <laughs> I've had her on the podcast too. She kind of stays behind the scenes, but is an absolute baller. And, and she always is the most direct, call it like it is, person I've met. Just brutal honesty. And I love it. And I remember one time, because she's been a client here before she ever started working with us, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember we were going from one-on-one to small groups. And she was actually in a de facto small group already because she worked out with a couple of friends. And I asked her, you know, um, hey, you know, I'm going to go to this. You know, we had this script, right, to go mm-hmm. from one-on-one to small group, which is like, you know, you had good relationships with clients. So you would say, hey, do me a favor. And, you know, and then there had to be a why, like what's in it for me? So I started explaining it. She's like, look, look, look. She's like, don't even bother telling me. She's like, I go, why? She's like, because I know I'm going to hate it. And then I'm going to end up liking it just like every other change we've made. So just make the change and quit talking about it. And I was like, oh, I love her. You know, I and that was before. Her saying that. Well, exactly. And that was before we were even working together. But how much, uh, how much clarity is in that message? It's like, just get on with it. Because every time you do it, I don't like it. And then I end right. up loving it. So probably our core value of drive change has actually kept people that long. Even though when you're making that change, it seems very painful and and people don't like change so they're gonna the feedback is gonna be that they don't like it mm-hmm. we've gone through like you know agents of change and how you can't have change without loss and you can't have loss without pain you can't have pain without grief and so sometimes what sounds like negative feedback is them grieving the loss of what they had before even if it was just a time slot or the fact that they had you on their own or maybe even something they didn't like you know because we were actually reducing pricing for people right. typically when we're going from one-on-one to this and they were still not happy so right. it's like it's because they're grieving just any kind of change because change comes with loss, loss with pain, pain with grief, that mm-hmm. kind of idea. So, yep. all right. So number one avatar our number one goal for our avatar is weight loss. And then we peel the onion and it's usually something deeper than weight loss tied to or not. What's the frequency that we recommend for people to come into this facility or our alloy facilities? Two to three times a week. Optimally three times. Try to get everybody. If it's, you know, scheduling wise, we'd give two. 
very rarely do we have anybody come in more or less than two times a week. Yeah. And is it, um, cause I remember, I mean, geez, it's so funny. Like I'm talking to you now, like we've never had these conversations, but quite honestly, we spend a bunch of our time on business related things. So to dig into the actual workouts is kind of fun to get back right. to that. So is the message still two is enough and three is ideal? Yeah. I mean, it's exactly that. I mean, that's what you, you set up and it, it still works. I mean, we, we talked about this in another podcast of literally like what is optimal health and what you should be doing. And we literally fit right into that, right? It was two to three days of strength training. We're going to get our clients, you know, moving as much as possible outside the doors, walking, things like that. And then maybe perhaps down the road, we can look at adding in some more like interval type of conditioning. And that's it. And I mean, it's, it's palatable, it's doable. And that's our goal, right? You get somebody comes in and we want them to be successful. Well, back to the retention, 30 years, you don't get 30 right. years by doing a six week challenge that murders you. Yeah. Kills you. You got to work out six days a week. You know, it, it just doesn't happen. Moves the needle a little bit. Doesn't teach anything about how to, how to create sustaining lifelong right. well, changes. Part, you know, and then we talk about going back, peeling the onion stuff like it's, it's reframing expectations is a lot of what we do. You mm -hmm. got like, cause people have so much misinformation or ideas that they think they should be doing. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not, we know we're not going to have to, you don't have to work out seven days a week. You don't have to change out everything you're singly eating. What's bringing up is just start you out two to three days of strength training. We're going to get you moving a little bit better. We're going to work on nutrition. We'll hit on certain things. Maybe we we'll get a little more protein in your diet. Just by doing that alone, people have huge changes in just their body composition, how they feel energy wise. They can do all their activities. Doesn't have to be crazy, which is, which is huge because that's what people come in. A lot of times they're like, oh, it's brutally like I'm frustrated, going to go nuts. I got to work out seven right. days a week blow and, then, up my whole life. and then I fail after a week. <laughs> well, and the, and the science of habit change, we know for a fact, if you go there, if you go with like change your eating, start working out six days a week and all that, you're going to fail. It's too much. Yeah. It's too much change. I mean, the master of that was John Berardi when he, when precision nutrition, um, mm -hmm. I mean, it was just painfully slow change, but the data showed that it would be stickier and they would actually get there in the long run. And so you got to be patient a little bit too. So I think it goes back to your term that you just use reframing expectations when people come in. So, well, and you already answered my next question. So it was frequency of workouts here, which is mm -hmm. two to three days a week, and that's mainly yep. strength-based, right? And then we're prescribing more movement outside the gym. So low level, like walk 30 minutes a day, whatever that is. And maybe one day a week, get your heart rate up high, you know, it's in an interval-based training, but only once a week. So it's not like... Again, I just posted a great article um, yep. that you read about HIT training, and HIT is not at all what it's intended to be because it puts you in no man's land. It's like it's it's too difficult to really be considered a sustainable amount of cardio, and it's not difficult enough to produce what you're really the claims of HIT are. The science shows, and you're actually lifting. If there's lifting involved, which a lot of these sort of franchise class based concepts are, right. you're not lifting enough load to get the true benefits of strength training. So you're just like getting sweaty. Hell, there was even something in the article about getting sweaty. Like you can sit in your car and sweat. That doesn't mean you're getting a good right. workout, right? You can be cold outside. You could not sweat at all and burn a lot more calories. So I don't know. There's just a lot of misconceptions. And I think you do a good job of building programs that speak to that and also teaching our franchisees and our whole you right. know, community how to address those things. I mean, how, how would you like even if you came in and be like, look, Rick, I'm going to get you. We're going to get you in three days a week for strength training. We're going to give you everything you need every time you walk in the door. You can do that for me. All you literally have to do is show up. Yeah. Is that tough? You probably do that, right? Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and how many times have we? It's fun. It's so much. It's so encouraging when a client speaks back to you what you hope that your message is to them. Right. So I've had people come in and they go, you know what I love about this place is that I just put my keys down. And you guys handle everything else. How cool is that? 
and, and that so means like, be. and of course, behind the scenes, we'll, we'll talk more about programming, but so overall prescription, you already answered. I get this question a lot. So, okay, they're getting here two to three days a week. What happens during a session? So just overall, like somebody's in here, like you said, you told me just now, get here three days a week. We'll handle everything. What does that mean? What's happening in an alloy session? I mean, literally, I mean, a lot. <laughs> yeah, break it down. I mean, just, I mean, just high level little stuff. High what level, happens? we coming in, everybody's going to get some, you know, movement prep stuff, some dynamic warm up, right? So we're going to hit some. Would that be um, soft tissue work? Right? Would that be considered like, and I'm air quoting for those of you guys listening, is that like flexibility? Is that where that fits in? Yeah. I mean, hit on if you want to call it that. It's a little bit of flexibility, mobility, break up some tissue, get you feeling better. Um, it's not exceptionally long um, because we know just from, you know, doing it for a long time, people won't stick around or they'll start showing up late. So just enough. I mean, I, I think go back to Mike Boyle. We talked about it. He, he He's like, you know, people aren't coming in to just stretch. They do want to work out and get a little hot and sweaty. I mean, there is a emotional response, yes. right? So and we, if you do, if you double down too hard on that, what you're saying is that like, again, they're like go to yoga or, or they're, they're not expecting that when they're coming in for a personal training session, they don't expect to spend the entire time like Right. alligator breathing or doing some ridiculous, you know, right. exercises. It's like, let's get to the good stuff. And again, I'm air so quoting. We but. do it. We do enough to get them moving. And then we get into our sessions. Our sessions, um, like you mentioned earlier, like, you know, can last anywhere from 45, 50 minutes typically. And that's including the warm up. We're going to do train your whole body. Like so full body training, full body, every why single full time. body training before we move on from that. Well, again, if we're talking about, you know, like being able to consistently do this day in and day out, you can't, we don't have time to do body part splits. So that's we're battling people on their schedules, right? They're fitting in time for us. Like, I don't need to like ask them to come in five days a week so I can do leg day, and back <laughs> leg day. day and, you know. Well, I always laugh when, um, you know, and sometimes you'll see this at the big commercial gyms and it's sort of like if all you have is a hammer, everyone's a nail where you might see like a, a fitness girl or a bodybuilder guy. Right. And they've working with someone who's not them, who's maybe overweight, a little bit older, not in shape at all. And they're doing like 30 minutes of just arm work. And there's so little energy expenditure that comes with arm work. They'd be better served to do full body training because you're going to get the strength training benefits. Right. But you're also going to work your whole body, which is just more effective and more efficient. It's working smarter, not harder, right? We like, we're trying to get somebody that wants to be able to do what they want to do, whether it's play tennis or golf or grandkids slash they want to lose weight. You want to, don't want to waste your time just doing arms, right? Well, you know, it's funny when we go here because it's sometimes it's like, oh yeah, good for them, but not good for me. But what's interesting is like, I mean, I'm pretty fit for certainly for my age, you know, what are you 52, Damn. 225, eight and a half percent body fat. It's like, Woo. look, I do, I do full body training. I do basically alloy programming. I just go every other day. That's it. Now that's more than two days a week because I'm more fit and I like to work out a lot every other day. I mean, I got a buddy in the industry, Hermosi, right? He's, jacked it's all get out I mean, he's ginormous and he's like yeah the only way i grow is i just do full body every day and that flies in the face of all recovery and arm days and right. all that but he's like i just crush full body every day you know i'm like okay yeah so I you mean, guys are more like a fanatic so just keep that in mind well i know and i'm not saying it's like alloy <laughs> program but i'm just trying to support the notion of full body training and the fact that if you do already exercise or whatever that you somehow or have been convinced in the past that you need some kind of a body part split and there's not a lot of evidence to back that up. Well, you actually get, if you just want to go down, you're probably getting less volume by doing body part splits exactly. than you would in a full body a week. So, I mean, it, there is that. I mean, the, and what we do really well is we have our fundamentals of like our program design, how it is, but it, it's 
what we really teach here is how to apply that to a person and take their goals and everything into consideration. So just take you, for example, you want to probably want to get a little bit more bigger chest, bigger arms for a lot of times, right? right? Do a extra stuff. Well, we can still do that within our sessions, right? Okay. We can give you what you need and we can give you a little extra, extra what you want, right? So they right. do leave getting what the, you know, that good feeling. Yeah. It's kind of like the, uh, what do you, you program in like time for like emotional exercises. It's like, okay, if you're working with a guy, with a guy, you hate to bucket folks, but like they're probably going to want more arm training than maybe the female population who might want to do more core or glutes or whatever that is. Now it's not always, but it, sure. I mean, rarely do we have a guy at the end of the sessions like, Hey, can I do some uh, more glutes, you know, or, or like, you know, rarely do we have a female that's like, Hey, I want to get my arms really big. Now everybody wants these, you know, of course I'm here quoting again, tone or whatever these silly words are, but that's the consumer's terms. Everybody wants that, but there is room in the way that you build the programs for that little specialty extra stuff that makes it makes it personal training, right? Sure. Yeah, I mean, the, the programs are built, right? So we're going to give you full body. They're balanced in a way that we're not going to jack you up and get you any crazy, like, you know, mobility issues, asymmetries. I don't know, you know, like the... Only work the mirror muscles. Only work the mirror muscles and you only do chest, so your arms chest are wrapped around you. Like we're, you know, <laughs> we're, we're, we're not doing that. So we're going to be feel confident that you're balanced. Um, just behind the scenes, the workouts are built to a way that be efficient, that can be run where everybody gets to use the tools. I don't know if you've ever trained, you know, you know, six plus people. And if you're not prepared and not you know, thought about it, you're going to run out of equipment. Everything's set up for you in our system. So you're not going to run out of equipment, which is nice. So the ability to move two people at a time to different spots, work their whole body. Okay. We also always do core every single workout, right? Everybody asks about core that's in there, right? Not to mention like we do what functional strength training, which pretty much relies around your core, every single thing we right. do. Okay. And we always do that. Then we work into what we call our metabolic finishers. You know, we get that little bit of hit training in there, which plays on multiple levels. It's going to get people hot and sweaty. Okay, which is a good because, you know, they have that emotional response. We want that. We always feel good. We're sweating even right. though. You're leaving them with that right. perceived exertion right. high. Even though we know that it's, you know, may not be uh, sweating is not the indicator of, right. you know, a true good workout, but it still feels good. I mean, I, I like to sweat. It feels good. Um, but it also helps us lead into what kind of um, managing expectations and giving them the, the most effect in one workout, right? So you can leave like, hey, Rick, if you bust your butt on this bike, we're going to do, a, say, a Tabata you know, 2010, if you go all out, you're going to be burning calories at a higher rate all the way till you come back, right? That gets people away from that expectation where they just got to do treadmill run on the all day for two hours, seven days a week kind of right, stuff. Right, right, right. Um, and then we always finish, we just talked on a little bit of what we call those emotional exercises. And this is our opportunity to give the clients say exactly what they want, whether they wanted to work on their arms some more, or work on their glutes or whatever it is. Maybe they want more conditioning. We can do that. So every session, the client's leaving, getting that good feeling, oh, I got a good workout. I got a good arm pump. Right. We, we joke about often, you know, we've talked about Oh, I got my money's worth. You know, there's some people will say that and there's something to that, you know, it's like, sure. okay, so some of our workouts are more scientific or they're very scientific and some of them are more strength based, which means you're going to get a little more rest, right? So you're not going to get the hot sweaty. And even though like we're talking about the science here, not being hot and sweaty, there is an emotional response to hot and sweaty. So the, the whole key here in the balance, and you've said it before, is like you give them what they need while also giving them what they want. That's yep. the key. If you can, that's where the rubber meets the road between the science and the consumer wants, not needs, but wants. If you can kind of like marry those up and give give them what they want while also getting them what they need, ultimately, then you're doing a good job. Absolutely. It's not easy to do, but 
we've been doing it for a long time. And so, you know, you do a good job of that. So that kind of talking about some of the tools segues into my next question. What type of equipment are we implementing in our programs? Well, I mean, typically, like, we're not going to use any equipment that's like, you know, we don't use machines and stuff in here. Yeah, that was my next question. You know, so we, we can go ahead and address that. Yeah, now. I mean, it's and it's really for obvious reasons. It's like, what are we doing right now? I mean, you know, we're sitting in a just in a chair. This is what people do all day. Whether you're driving to work, you're sitting at home in your home office or whatever it is. The last thing we want to do is bring somebody and have them do some sit some more. We need to do get them up, get moving. So none of our equipment can be just isolated just to one you know spot. Okay. Equipment wise overall, we don't use anything that we can't use 9,000 different ways. It just, it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. Like we're not getting a, a glute Pam bridge thing or whatever. It's just like, why? Right. So it's typically mainly dumbbells, kettlebells, TRXs, some barbells, some barbell stuff, sliders, but things that I can create workouts in 9,000 different ways that right. also for a coaching side, they can be regressed or progressed very easily mm. just by, you know, yeah, the, they're the like self-limiting, that, right? Like yeah. if you can't do a single leg squat to a box, the worst case scenario is you just sit down. If you're doing a barbell, heavy barbell back squat, right? there's some pretty catastrophic ramifications if you can't complete a rep, right? especially in a group of six. Which is, which is huge. Um, other than that, like, you know, say cardio pieces, we only have, um, you know, we have airdyne bikes. That's it. Well, that, I mean, you're, I swear, dude, you're like running through all my questions. You're doing a great hey, job. How's that feel? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> this is how it normally is. That's <laughs> like, I like being the big boss on the podcast. I got nothing left. It's like, you keep answering all my questions, but so I was like, why no machines? And, um, you know, that, that's a good question though. Cause some people do ask like, why don't you use any weight training machines? And you and I've talked about it and I had a good conversation, very brief, but insightful conversation with Charlie Weingroff, who's a friend of mine um, and a great physical therapist and just a brilliant guy. And he's contracted to work with, gosh, knows everybody from special forces to NBA to NFL. Guy's guys a beast, right? Unbelievably smart. And um, we were talking about machines one day, and I think he he does a great job of putting things in layman's terms. And he said, look, the machines will get the right energy into the muscles. The question is, is can you get it out when you need it? And what he meant by that, I think, because you and I have talked about this, is that if you took that fitness, and I'm, again, you took that level of fitness or strength, and you want to go apply it to a tennis match or pickleball or downhill skiing or cycling or running or playing catch with your kids or grandkids or whatever that is, can you extract the same strength from a machine-based program as you can from a, again, functional what it's functional but right. we're going to call it that you know functional training and he's like you know i don't know i don't think so and so that's why you do that because it, again our brand promise is looking good check feeling great that means moving better check and living life to the fullest and that's the last and most important one because it's like what do you want your life to look like do you want to do you want to operate in the space of your life as like a fit person that has lots of choices right right well, then you need to be functionally fit. And I know that's a no, like if all you do is sit in your car or whatever. I mean, I joke about I do arms after, you know, every workout and everyone's like, oh, what are you doing that stupid stuff for? I'm like, because the function of my arms is to look like I work out. So this is by default functional training, but that's kind of true, right? Yeah. So what is functional training and, and why don't we use machines? Well, because we want people to be able to take the fitness and the strength that they build in our facilities and manifest it outside of the gym. Right. You want to be actually able to use it. And I think like, you know, machines don't have their place. I think there's, you know, it, things change over time where it used to be all machines and now it like went drastically over here. It's like no machines allowed. There's definitely like a place you can do it, but it's really what you said, right? It's, it's an opportunity to maybe do some more isolation, really focus, but it's not 
don't take away what you need to be able to be right. a functioning Some human. Big rock, if <laughs> right. you will. Right. right. But I mean, there's, there's ways to do it. So like imagine our normal client that walks in, they may not have a lot of muscle and they may have, you know, be functionally strong where would should you go should you go do some machines or you should really work on like teaching this person how to like squat even right. if it's so holding they can pick on up a <laughs> bag of mulch in the garage or, right. or whatever that is right, right. or it's hit a golf ball kind of a big deal right. right and actually build a foundation of muscle and strength and then oh yeah maybe down the road if they looked at doing some extra stuff that's fine right but that's not who you see on a daily basis right right yeah you can get away with it and go have some fun and do some extra things but that's like tier you know where you right, should right, be right. or if you're just a straight up bodybuilder <laughs> right yeah and if all if your entire goal is just to make your muscles look larger and you don't care if you can get shirt on or scratch your booty or whatever that is right go for it right absolutely all right so you already talked about like why no cardio i do get people ask like oh do you include this do you guys have treadmills do you have this do you have that i think the question is coming from the um sort of the plethora of fitness franchise concepts that are based on hit. And we already talked about hit and why that's not at all what hit is supposed to be and how it got bastardized as a term mm. and the overall claims of like burning extra calories and all that, you know, and like, listen, we've fallen guilty of that too, but it's way overstated in most I cases. I think it's just the uh, correlation. Everybody thinks that weight loss is cardio to me. I mean, it's just, you know, go out and run. That's how you lose weight. I mean, how many people you talk to? Right. Oh, I got to get back to running. Right. Yeah. Well, maybe this reason we don't is we know that it's not. What's the optimal. definition? Of, you know, what is it like the definition of insanity? You keep doing the same thing and expecting a <laughs> different and, result. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's why we don't. And we again, we realign expectations, beginnings. Like, hey, we don't got to be doing all that. But really, like, we're working on building muscle, <laughs> eating appropriately. So then, letting your body to actually do that versus yeah, you just going to work for you, right? Yeah. Going and running yourself into the ground, and right. that's what most people that. That's why I think those cardio questions are some of them come well, from. Well, I think it's, I mean, to me, like as I'm hearing you talk about this, I can imagine sitting in the office with you and it's like your very first point today in the first bit of the conversation, which is a reframing expectations. Like, here's our prescription. We've been doing it for 30 years. We've been very successful. Mm -hmm. Some of our customers have been with us the entire time that we've been open. You don't hang around that long. And by the way, they look amazing. So over time, even if your journey is up and down, if you see the picture that I posted of Sharon Moore, she's almost 80 years old. And plays she golf. Plays golf time. all the time. She's got, she looks amazing. She There's has visible several like, dates. Yeah. With younger men throughout the week. <laughs> Love <laughs> you, Sharon. Guys. <laughs> yes, Sharon. Sharon's got some energy. You better keep up. <laughs> and, uh, and, and looks amazing. You know, as a matter of fact, that coach that used to work here that no longer lives around here commented on my post and was like, she looks exactly the same as she did 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I commented, yeah, there's something to this healthy living thing. And they were like, what is this sorcery? And we both laughed because it's like, yeah, if you just stay at it, it's gradual, right? And, and like, again, you, you, you used a uh, statement that I haven't heard before, but I always say, like, you know, you underestimate what you can accomplish in a year and you overestimate what you can accomplish in a month. Well, you really underestimate what you can accomplish in 20 years or 30 years, right? Sure. But that's the goal is to build those lifelong habits. I mean, I, I tell those people all the time, and especially people who have been working out here a long time, right? You know, like Suzanne and stuff. I'm like, can you honestly say, like, when you go hang out with, say, her friends, I'm like, Suzanne, like, do they like the ones that don't work out look like they're like 15, 20 years older than you? And she's like, yeah, they do. I hope none of her friends that don't work out are listening to this. But, but if you I mean, are, that's a good reason to get to this. But I, I mean, but I'm serious. Well, no, no, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm just, just kidding. But yeah, like I get if it. you didn't work out, you'd got Well, I've said that to my wife who's, you know, getting, you know, as we all are up into this age category. And, and, you know, it's like, 
of your friends, like the ones that are consistently active, and that's all we see in here, so we're used to it. You know, what's the difference? And it's like the way they move, you know, like you, when you take these shuffle steps when you get older, or you just has all these little yeah. cues and subtleties, not only just like, does your skin look good and is your butt not too big or whatever Sad, that is. But I mean, if you don't, like, if you don't use it, you lose it. I mean, <laughs> well, I was out to dinner with a buddy of mine. This is uh, one of the guys that's getting into our franchise system. He'll be opening here in a few months. We were out to uh, at a local restaurant. One of our clients that's actually on our corporate team, Andrea Lewis, was mm-hmm. eating there with her family. She stopped by the table and talked and then walked away. And um, I said, you know, that lady's been a client at our gym for 30 years. I mean, because well, it's like 28 for her. But I mean, whatever. Who's counting, right? <laughs> After 20, it's like it's all the same. And she looks amazing. She really does. Yeah. And, you know, she was dressed really nice. And she's a beautiful lady. And he was like, and I said, yeah, you know, she's in here. And then her, she's got her children are like in their 30s. And they're both physicians. And she's like, he said, how? And he's in the industry. And he's like, how old is she? And I told him, and he's like, there is no effing way that that lady is that age. I'm like, you know what, dude? It's truth. Good, clean living. Fountain of youth, man. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, well, and we've been kind of rubbing up against this topic. This is the last question I'll ask you today. Why do you think our retention is so high? I mean, we talk about 100 ways. I mean, it's that's the relationships and our customer service, right? I mean, bar none. I mean, I mean, why do you think it is? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it's you know, people ask. It's like, well, I think it's a lot of things. I think it's the business structure. So it's personal training. So there's personal yeah. relationships built, right? It's stickier than a class-based concept. We're not going full bore all the time. Like we set out a long-term plan and we, we hold you accountable to sticking with the plan. And sometimes that's pulling the reins back if you're doing things that are going to be self-destructive and hurt yourself, right? And then we, you know, again, we take this scientific approach that first do no harm keep people in shape, keep a long-term relationship. And, uh, you know, obviously don't get in the business unless you yeah. give a crap about helping your clients. Is there anything else that I'm missing? Look, when people, people come in here, they all know they need to work out and they've had probably multitude of experiences, good or bad, right? They could have got hurt or bad experience at a gym or whatever, you know? So for somebody to come in here and how we're built and the system is built in such a way that allows the coach to keep them safe and not get them injured, have a good time, Who's not going to go to that? I mean, like how many people, how many people come in and they're already jacked up and literally just by us using our, you know, our knowledge, our workouts, doing a proper assessment, not getting them hurt. They, I mean, that's huge. Well, that's the whole reason you just basically summed up from a technical standpoint, why we brought this product to market for a franchise, right? Because where else do you go in fitness other than a private gym that's probably running a similar system that we've been teaching for a million years? I'm not saying they learned it from us, but you know what I mean? Same influences. There's no franchise brands out there for the 45 to 65-year-old person that wants something more specific to them that's got a few chinks in their armor, which you do when you get to be of any age. If you've been mildly active or even not, you're going to get some tweaks here and there. Where do they go? You can't go to the hit franchise down the road where they're going to make you run and run around the room like a, a like a you know weirdo and and you know k- try to kill you and try to do it in a 6 week challenge or whatever that is they end up here and when they find a place that is for them and they build a relationship they're going to stick around which is why we have such a claimed you know in our item 19 which is the financial claims in the franchise why we have such high retention that's yeah, it that's it Hi, brother. Well, listen, this was fun. I enjoyed not talking as much. I really did. <laughs> Why are you great. laughing? I just, yeah. We'll be back on it next week. <laughs> Unless if you really like Matt talking more than me, just leave a comment uh, and let me know. Because no, if that's don't. the case, will, no. we'll just flip it. We'll do this every time. I'll tell one if bad that joke. that is the case, I'll be gone by Thursday. Yeah, right. No competition in here, bitch. I'm like, a, like, a, like somebody that hires somebody that's younger, better looking. I'm like, uh-uh. 
<laughs> cut you loose. No, you did a great job, man. Thanks for explaining all that. And uh, I just kind of popped this on you. It was a different format, but you, you friggin' answered right all between, my questions before right I asked Right between them. the holidays, man. I know, I mean, right? literally been stuck at home with the you kids. You did great. And, I mean, it just goes to show you, this is not difficult stuff for you. This is only what you've been spending the last decade or more of your life working on. So props to you, bro. Wow. Thanks. Thanks for wrapping that up. <laughs> all right, all right, I'll see you. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, check us out at alloyfranchise.com for more information on the alloy systems. Also, leave us a five-star review so we can spread the good word and help more people.